it's really nice to be here this morning to share the word. And uh, this church has already blessed my life uh, throughout the last one year and a half with Parkdale. Being able to live there, to have friends there, it's really nice. And now we're here together to share the word of God and to praise him. I really enjoy singing that God's coming after us and that we are now also chasing him. And this creates this powerful meeting that we have here, that he's present with us to transform our hearts. Uh, after uh, a challenging and deep uh, series of sermon on uh, humility, I would like to ask you this morning, do you consider yourself a humble person? That's tricky, right? If you say yes, you're not humble anymore. <laughs> but if you say no, what was the worth of it? Of pursuing that, studying the Bible, being here. To become a humble person is a process. And your goal is not to look for it, I want to be humble. But your goal is to look to Christ and try to be like him. But it's a process. A few years ago, my dad uh, needed to go through a surgery on his stomach, which was delicate and serious. He was having a lot of pain after eating, uh, after every meal, and only this delicate surgery could remove the pain and make the process of enjoying a good meal a pleasuring experience. I took a week off my work to be with him and with my mom after the surgery, and everything went well. Uh, but the worst part of the treatment was the week after the surgery, because the only thing that he could eat or drink was beef broth. You can imagine how hungry he, he was feeling. But he's a, a person that has a good humor, but during that week, he was kind of sensitive. And I was with my mom, taking care of him, and see that, seeing that he was doing well throughout the days. And we started to relax. And one day we were chatting, and we started to discuss about like, good recipes that we could do for ourselves. <laughs> he wasn't present at that time, but when I started cooking, the smell took over the house, and he just lost it. <laughs> And one of the threats that I remember that he made to us was that he was going to a nice restaurant without inviting us when he was good. <laughs> this process of healing, it takes time. It takes some time uh, of you, some kind of abstinence. You need to stop doing something. You, know, you need to say no to some things, but in the end, it is worth it. It is painful 
to be healed, but it's, it is worth it. And the process of being healed from the lack of humility can also be painful and sometimes annoying. The lack of humbleness is a wound. It is a sickness to our society. It isn't rare to come across people that use their credentials to try to get extra perks or look down on others that don't share the same status. Some individuals tend to downplay or underestimate the significance of their own mistakes, whereas they often magnify or criticize the mistakes made by others. And this isn't new. This isn't new. This is part of the history of mankind. There's a writer that I really enjoy, and it's one of the classics of the church, uh, Thomas Kempis, and he writes about the imitation of Christ. And one of the themes that he highlights is the humility. And he says, if you see another sin openly, openly or commit a serious crime, do not consider yourself better, for you do not know how long you can remain in good state. All men are frail, but you must ad admit that none is more frail than yourself. Even though we know that uh, arrogance is a bad thing, even though we experience that every day, we also tend to be arrogant at some times, at some points. And if we are true to ourselves, that's around us, but that's also within us, inside our own hearts. Have you ever been in that position that he describes? Seeing a sin or seeing some, someone doing a bad thing and saying, oh, that's so bad. And putting yourself in a different position. But as he says, all men are frail. And we must admit that no, no one is more frail than ourselves. But how can God heal us from our arrogance? How can God do that? The text that was read today uh, was written by Paul, the apostle, uh, that was uh, a former Pharisee. That means he was really, really well-trained in the Bible at his time of life. He says that on the text. He put all his credentials. Those are my credentials. That should be my status. Someone that was really well-trained, a really good religious person that fulfills every, uh, every spot that is needed of a religious person like me. But after Jesus' resurrection, he has a meeting with Jesus. 
And that changes everything for him. And he starts a new process of transformation. And in this text, we can see how Jesus changes his priorities, his status, so that he can be someone that is truly humble. He says on the text uh, that he will put himself as an example. And you have here two different examples. He uses the word of dogs to represent a group that was uh, the Judai, oh, that's hard to say, Judaizers. <laughs> People inside the Christian church that wanted to make the Christians to follow all the rules of the Pharisees. And they would go to every church to ask people to fulfill all the rules that were demanded from the Jews. But Paul saw this as a way of rejecting Christ, rejecting the grace of Christ, rejecting salvation and the work of Christ. So he puts himself as one example of someone that doesn't trust on credentials, but someone that is searching for Christ himself. So you have here a comparison of what Paul could be with what he really is. He puts this comparison. He says, well, if you want to see credentials, I'm a Pharisee very zealous person. But he says, but I consider this garbage. And he uses a very interesting word. He says that he boasts in Christ. How is that possible for someone that is humble to boast? But he's not boasting on himself. He's trusting his life to Christ. It's very interesting because uh, the chapter three of Philippians, uh, he puts this comparison between him and this group of Judaizers. But on the chapter two, he's presenting the humbleness of Christ. This was the text of the message of the series that was about Christ's humbleness. And you can see a comparison that he makes with himself and with Jesus. The way that he sees his life and the, ways that, the way that Jesus presented himself to the humankind. If you compare verse 2, 6 of Philippians that says, who being in the very nature of, the very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. That's about Jesus. With the verse seven and eight in chapter three, which says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He is somehow having the same attitude as Christ, the same uh, 
priority as Christ. I won't be searching for the high positions. I want to give everything. I want to give up of my status. I want to give up of what I could claim and boast for myself. To be with God and to fulfill God's will. And that's the beginning of the healing process. That was the beginning of the healing process for him. He was a man that was persecuting the church, going after the other Christians. And in this meeting with Christ, Christ changes his life. And he understands that doesn't have to do with your religious traditions, doesn't have to do with your high standards within your religion, within the commandments, but it has to do with Christ changing your life and you submitting to him who you are so that he can make you a totally new person. There's another comparison that we can make with the verse seven of chapter two that says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. With the verse 10 in chapter three, which Paul says about himself, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Here, there is an idea of merging. The Greek text has an idea of merging. Christ merged himself with humans. He became one like us. He gave up of his status and he came to be a baby. He needed to learn how to walk. He needed to learn how to speak. He needed to learn how to deal with this, uh, this need that we have to be arrogant. And he needed to deal with this. And Paul, in the same way, he wants to merge but in the opposite direction. I want to participate in his sufferings. I want to be like him. I want to become like him, to be part of what Christ has done for the world. And he's inviting us to do for the world as well. So if the beginning of the healing process is to give up of your status, the process itself is to be with Christ, is to be with him, is wanting more and more of Christ. And it's amazing to see that because in his life, he became someone that was following Christ with all his heart. But he didn't achieve that in life. He says that at the end of the text. He says, well, I haven't attained what I intend to, but I search for that with all that I have. 
with all that I have. The final place where we are in this process of healing is to be with Christ in the eternity, completely surrendered to him. So the goal of our life, the process of salvation, the process of transformation, is a process that makes us more dependent of Christ, not less. We need more of him. We need more of his love. We need more of his presence. We need more of his friendship. We need more of his grace in us. And that's the way that Paul sees the goal of his life. I don't need my credentials. I don't need glory in this life. I don't need to be above other people. I can serve them. I can be whatever is needed to share the salvation with them. I can travel the world. I can give my life. Because in the end, I'll be with Christ. And that's everything to me. This means that humbleness has nothing to do with following religious tradition or the new uh, fashion in church just to keep status or it doesn't have anything to do with false humbleness or becoming more independent of Christ. To be truly humble is to follow Christ's steps, giving your life for love as he did. It is to imitate his decisions and his priorities. And that's what Paul did with his life. And that's why we can look and say, whoa, this man was used by God to change the world. And also to write a lot of biblical books. <laughs> because he was available to God. He was in this process and all that he wanted was to have more of Christ with him. But the sin of human race fights against this. God changed Paul's life, making him become truly humble through total dependence. And if you're like me, you see this and you might say, Whoa, that's amazing. I want that for me. But when it comes to real life, you don't act as you should. And it's interesting because at some point, Paul says the same, right? I, I try to do good. I try to be good. But I cannot. If you're like me, you do worry about your status. You do worry about what people will think about you. And somehow you, you create some barriers. Not saying who you truly are. Or not being investing in deep friendship. Because that way people won't get to know you really well. People might ask, what do you read? What's your favorite authors? 
What is your church? What is your position about this matter? How much do you make a year? Why is your family going, family going through this difficult situation? Why is this happening to you? Or even some people might ask you, what is wrong with you? We want to be recognized as good people. We want that. But if we embrace our religious status, we won't be able to be like Paul, to truly imitate Christ. This is a recipe to become arrogant. If you keep your status to yourself, your birthrights, or what you conquered in life, this is the key to become an arrogant person. And what happened next is that you begin to kind of sugarcoat your mistakes and you start to blame other people. And this will separate you more and more from God and from yourself, from who you truly are. And this will create a double life, a fragmented life that you, it, it will take a lot of energy from you to keep that going. And by the end, the final stage of this is when you take your life for yourself, like Adam and Eve did, and say, God, we don't need you to know what is good and what is bad. And you reject God. And this creates also a separation between you and God. But God called you. Like he called Paul, he called you to show the world what it looks like to follow Christ. And what it looks like to be like Christ. God calls you for a life of transformation, a life of surrender, and a life of truly humbleness that is not centered in being a good person, but is centered in being like Christ. Because if you're like Christ, you are a humble person. And that's a good measure for us. If someone asks you, are you a humble person? You can just think with yourself. Am I like Christ? And that should be our measure. That was the measure for Paul. And he saw himself as a truly humble person. Because he also says, imitate me as I am an imitator of Christ. Imitate me as am I an imitator of Christ. So that's the call from God to us. God called you to be like Christ, to pursue Christ, to have the resurrection and the hope of the future really strong in your heart, 
to want more of Christ. And that will lead you in the path of truly humbleness. And if you fall, he will be there with you to raise you up, to forgive you, and to put you again in the same path. Uh, at the end, I would like to read a quote of Teresa. Teresa of Avila uh, is also one of the uh, Christian classic writers. Uh, she lived close to Luther and Calvin uh, during the Reformation, but she was a Catholic nun. And she was participating of the Reformation inside of the monasteries. And she says about humility. Humility is the ointment for our wounds because if we indeed have humility, even though there may be a time of delay, the surgeon, who is our Lord, will come to heal us. And I would like to say, humility is the healing of God in our lives. It's the healing of the relationships. It's the healing of who we are and how we deal with ourselves. And he will come and he will put humility in our lives because we are looking for Christ. May we, like Paul, surrender our lives to Christ and desire to have more and more and more of Christ in us every day. God bless you. Now we're going to have this time of communion. And it's a really special moment to have more of Christ with us right now.